Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Hamilton Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Hola. What's up, man? Oh, yeah, it is Cinco de Mayo, isn't it? It is the day where we celebrate (laughs) who knows what the hell it is. I don't know. We're just supposed to drink beer, I think. Tacos and margaritas. Yep, that's what it is. So (laughs) we're going to give you some information, by the way, on Cinco de Mayo so we can stop just being ignorant Americans about everything, you know. And uh, and also, very special day we'll be talking about. It's Karl Marx's birthday, you know. We're celebrating. We wanted to bring the message to everyone. A hero, obviously. Hero, for sure, to everyone. And uh, and so we'll be talking a little bit about that. We got some economic news that was not good. Holy crap, the market was just tanking. NASDAQ was down 5% before we came in here. Mm. That's a lot. Mm. That's quite a lot. Is this going to trigger a, a market stop? It's you, Well, you know, I forgot about that. Well, it's the S&P, I think, is the one that actually triggers it. Yeah, seven, yeah, the S&P wasn't down that much. 7%. Yeah, Dow was down 1,100 points at, at one point. So, I mean, it's... It's bad. It's yeah. pretty bad. You know, I thought that yesterday might have been a fake out. It was in my head the whole time. I mentioned it on the live stream this morning with the class. I was trying not to be pessimistic, but it felt like a fake out when everything was pumping the last few days. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe that is the case for what happened. Uh, something that we already posted on our TikTok about a little bit, but a little bit about Pfizer. Surprisingly, now this was a shocker and no one ever thought that was going to happen. It turns out they made record profits and record revenues over mm. the last year or so. I mean, I mean, I'm shocked. I didn't. I had no idea that that would happen at all. It's insane. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand. It seems like they were price gouging. Yeah, we got some other video. Biden saying some dumb stuff. We got to save. There's a lot of stuff, but some of it was so dumb. It's got to be included in Dumb Bleep of the Week tomorrow. So we got a couple other videos that we'll be playing. But first, I have to tell you guys to hit follow or subscribe or whatever it is where you can know that we have released new content. YouTube has been pumping up ever since we reached the magical algorithmic number on on YouTube. It's funny how that happens. And uh, that's why that was so important. So make sure that you've subscribed and you're watching the videos later on on YouTube when I remember to put them up and leave a rating and review, all all that stuff. I think it's a plus sign now on your most of your podcast apps. If you know Common Core Math. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. Okay. It'll jump out to you and be like, oh, this is common. At least common and core. And it's core. I got you. Yeah. All right. Well, the first off, the thing that we got to mention is that, uh, of course, marked on your calendar for today is that it's Karl Marx's birthday. All right. So I just wanted to say a few words. I posted out on Twitter this morning saying happy birthday to him. Very influential figure throughout history. Uh, one of the most inspirational figures to... Uh, some of the biggest mass murderers in history that we've ever seen. Mm. And to really, 
really taught them how to achieve their full potential, you know, and, uh, it, you know, whether they say the first million is the hardest, I think, um, I think Mao said that, but once you make it over that hump, you know, you can really achieve a lot of things in life. And so you got to say, you got to say thank you to some of these really inspirational figures. I mean, you can't get to 40 million deaths without getting to your first million. Yeah. And that's so. the, and that's, that's actually where the algorithms kick in for, uh, for, for mass murder. Also, once you get past that hump, you just get to keep going. So, yes. so happy birthday to Karl Marx. I got a couple words in here about him that I pulled off of various different websites today. But by the way, he was born. And just this evil, evil bourgeois person, you know, born into kind of a, a rich family by by a lot of people's standards, definitely by his standards, because they had something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's for sure. So, he, you know, born into a rich family, lived off of his family and friends, basically his whole life. He was just poor and smelly for his whole life till he died, miserable and alone. That's re- and this, every time it starts off with born, I rem- I'm remind of, reminded of the jerk. I grew up oh, yeah. a poor black child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time, but that, that's got to go on the list sometime. <laughs> uh, he neglected his family the whole time. Four of his children died before he did, and then he had two more, and they committed suicide uh, afterwards. He had an affair with his family's servant who was sent in to try and help him when he was going through a tough time. Never paid the servant, by the way. Probably never even said thank you because he was owed all of that work. The servant should have more been More than there. likely, mm-hmm. Yeah. His mother once uh, declared that she wished Carl would accumulate capital instead of just writing about it. Everyone would be a lot better off. He wrote to his wife complaining about that. She doesn't want to hear a word about money, but she destroyed all the IOUs that I made out to her. (laughs) (laughs) He made IOUs out to his mom, you know, for all Mm -hmm. the money. Isn't that... Now, I don't know if that's just something that's ingrained in the mentality, but like, oh, yeah, here, yeah, I'll pay you back. Yeah, here's the I. You're going to want to hold on to that one. You know, free health care. That's a big one. You're going to want to hold on to that. Okay. You know, I did some work for um, companies. Uh, Thanks, Magoo, for the for the dumb and dumber. There you go. I did some work for companies that accept Medicaid in like Illinois and a few other states. And they literally, they are so broke. They actually run out of money. They pay all the claims for like the first six months. And then the last six months, they literally send you IOUs. Mm. Like that way you can count that revenue in, on your books. I got you. And then when they get more money in the new budget for the new year, they'll pay off those IOUs and then they'll pay the claims up to a certain point until they run out of money and then they'll send you IOUs again. Yeah. It like literally happens. We had to count for it in the software taking. We live off of IOUs right now. That's the, the way that our whole government runs. The, you know? the, the government actually would send. <laughs> like payments that weren't payments That's, that, is that you would good. have to mark like essentially as IOUs. It didn't say IOU, <laughs> but it said IOU. That's good. Um, of it was course, hilarious. Of, of, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So it actually happened. It actually happens. Sorry. It actually happens from, from each according to their abilities to each according to their need. I'm guessing he didn't have many abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently his only ability was to live off of other productive people while writing about mm-hmm. how much he hated other people that, that have more than him. He, you know, one of the abolition of private property, that's evil. Okay. You can't have private property at all. And, you know, Marxist, they'll, they'll say that oh, the Soviet Union, that wasn't Marxist. None of these places, Pol Pot, it wasn't 
a Marxist Mao. That wasn't Marxism. It wasn't you know? real. Yeah. Marxism but, or socialism. But we got to ask is if you want the abolition of private property, how are you going to do that if the people who own the private property don't want to give it up? You're going to use the state to do it. And you're going to use force and power. Yeah. Since the ends justify the means, the state is going to use whatever means it can to get to those ends. And so that is how you end up with all of the mass atrocities that happen, like uh, 65 million people in China and 20 million in Soviet Union. Uh, North Korea, they put on here for 2 million deaths. Cambodia, 2 million. Vietnam's got a million here. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what all was inspired by Marxism here. This particular article listed 1.7 million in Africa, Afghanistan, 1.5 million, Eastern Europe, 1 million, Latin America, 150,000 deaths. I don't know how they, they separated all those out or exactly what it was. We know China and the Soviet Union, but that wasn't real Marxism. Mm -hmm. They were just advocating for the abolition of private property and killing anyone that disagreed with that. Yeah. But it wasn't for, here's, here's where they decided that it wasn't real because it was going to end up being state ownership of the means. So they were seizing all of that. But of course, that is what that force, that state would have to do. And of course, they'll give it to the people afterwards. No, of course. Once they yeah. win the war, once they, once they win this revolution, they're just mm -hmm. going to give it to the people, you know. But then unfortunately, some kind of bad, greedy person. Dictators like Maduro yeah, take over. A greedy person gets in. Chavez was a saint. Mm -hmm. Didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Lenin wouldn't have killed anyone, you know. Yeah. But you get Stalin in there, you get a bad person in there that does something, and, and you just end up with a lot of people dying. But that is unfortunate. In fact, the, the gulag camps, the prison camps that Lenin set up were nice prison camps. Yeah, they were, yeah, they and were good. St Stalin took them over and then made them brutal, obviously. They were just so. going to be camps where everything was free, it was all provided mm -hmm. to you, you could have everything you wanted, bed to sleep in, you got food, all that stuff, and it was Stalin that actually made them a bad thing, mm -hmm. for sure. So, uh, anyway, happy birthday the, to Karl Marx. Regardless of any of these separate numbers, the the conservative estimate is that we can put on Marxism as far as its effect on actual human beings dying at the hand of Marxism, by the way, uh, is somewhere around a hundred million. Somewhere around there. All yeah. Plus or minus 20 million. And that's, that's still conservative estimates considering we, we couldn't count all the mass graves that existed in places like China and the Soviet union. And, um, I, I, Cambodia. I, think, I think you can put a lot more on there because a lot of our society is affected by the ideas still. Now, this is really just counting mass genocides, mass killing. What you don't see is the unseen, how many people that have died from seemingly natural causes, whatever it was, economic conditions over this time that were affected by this ideology where they couldn't get into a nice uh, productive economy where Unfortunately, some people made some profit along the way, or they own private property, something like that. How many people died that wouldn't have died or that would have had longer lives? I think it's way more than 100 million. And, or how and many so, people died of preventable diseases mm -hmm, that they exactly. didn't have access to because their economy was in shambles? That's why we talk about economics so much on the on the podcast. Uh, aside from all of a lot of libertarians, their biggest thing is war, and we're against war also. But bad economics is the biggest killer of human beings throughout history. Whether it is a a lack of innovation, a lack of the ability to fight uh, diseases, whatever it is, a lack of the ability to grow food, whatever. 
bad economics, people trying to control the economy in whatever way, shape, or form is the number one killer of people. Mm. So anyway, happy birthday, Carl. Yeah. We are hey, maybe next year we could have uh Costco and Daisy, the two two Latino and Latina. I'm not gonna call them that. No. That's they don't want to be called supposed that. to. But they don't right? want to be called that. Okay. Latino and Latinas. Yeah, but they don't know what's best for them is the problem. Okay. Two people with that are Spanish speaking in mm -hmm. our group. That next year maybe they could do a guest appearance on Cinco de Mayo or Cinco de Mayo <laughs> because that's how inclusive good morning Liberty is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you about this holiday from CNET. I know that this isn't something we would normally talk about, but I just found this interesting. It is Cinco de Mayo and, and like Charlie said, I didn't know what it was. I knew that it wasn't actually like Mexican independence day or anything, but I didn't know what it was. Magoo said only if they wear those cute sombreros, the little ones. <laughs> <laughs> Costco, you good with that? <laughs> you good with you guys want to be on video? I'm sure Daisy would be fine with it. We could she... make it like the most racist thing possible, you know. He said that he wants his big. <laughs> but big sombrero. <laughs> Wide angle fine. lens. Daisy's that doesn't look like she's a part of the live group today, but we can speak for her. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. From CNET, what Americans need to know about Cinque, Cinco de Mayo. The May 5th holiday honors the Battle of Puebla, which vastly uh, outnumbered Mexican forces repelled French Emperor Napoleon III's troops in 1862. Mexico declared independence 41 years earlier. We celebrate in the U.S. because Napoleon had aligned with the Confederacy during the Civil War, and the loss of the battle helped derail his strategy. In 1989, the Cam Cambrinus group? Gam Gambrinus group, group, I think. Oh, Gambrinus group, the Texas importers of Corona and Negra Modela, launched an ad campaign encouraging Mexican-Americans to drink Mexican beer on the holiday. The marketing was soon broadened to reach Americans of all backgrounds, and in 1993, Gambrinus marketing director Ron Christensen told Modern Brewery Age magazine that Cinco de Mayo was becoming one of the beer industry's biggest promotions. So I think this is another one of those uh, those hallmark the, those hallmark card moments right there. Not a moment that goes on a card, but mm -hmm. one of those hallmark holidays where it's just kind of created for people to sell things, you know. But people really have no idea what it is mm -hmm. at all. I I don't know. Are they having big Cinco de Mayo celebrations in Mexico? You think it does commemorate something? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know? Very. Uh, seemingly important battle yeah. i guess even though the thing actually said it wasn't that important of a battle when i was reading about it earlier but and anyway I'm being told that my pronunciation of cinco de mayo sucked and that's true thank you costco for reminding me mm -hmm. of how white i am yeah well i mean costco's doing his job he is he a is. chuck hater mm -hmm. okay that is uh that is his job and he's very productive at that job which uh Brings us to the next topic of conversation, which is productivity, productivity, likely the reason why the market is crashing. And I have decided to say that we're going to officially go into a recession. We might already be in one. Uh, these numbers are not good. U.S. productivity posts biggest decline since 1947 in the first quarter. Biggest mm -hmm. decline since 1947. That is the Biden boom that we believe in right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Record breaking numbers. 
All right. All the way since. Fastest growing economy in jobs <laughs> that we've ever seen. U.S. worker productivity fell at its steepest pace since 1947 in the first quarter, while growth in unit labor costs accelerated. So the cost of the units and the, the labor actually went up, but the actual productivity went down, indicating that rising wage press, pressures will continue contributing to keeping inflation elevated. Non-farm productivity, which measures hourly output per worker, plunged at a 7.5% annualized rate last quarter, the deepest since the third quarter of 1947. Economists had expected productivity would drop at 5.4%, not 7.5, just a little off. Hours worked increased at a 5.5% rate in the first quarter after rising 2.5% in the, first, in the uh, fourth quarter. Whoa, it just went crazy over there. The labor cost, the price of labor per single unit of output shot up at an 11.6% rate. Hourly compensation rose 3.2% in the first quarter after growing 7.4% in the fourth quarter. And compensation increased at a 6.5% rate compared to the first quarter of 2021. So why is this important? Well, so what you want to have... Well, it's transitory. Well, yeah, Nate. of course. Uh, Labor, units, whatever. It's a bunch of hogwash. Yeah, none of it really matters. It's transitory. Why, yeah. why look at this stuff? I don't know. It is boring. boring. I agree. <laughs> we don't, let's just talk about Dave Chappelle yeah. getting tackled on mm. stage. You know, that's more let's fun. Let's talk about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. God. <laughs> I've watched two minutes of it, and I'm already sick that's of it. That's why it's so, it's know? so important. Ugh. Um, that, although we could make it into a political conversation, you know, believe all women, but the, um, the unit labor cost. So here's what you don't want to have. So what we saw for a long period of time as the economy was growing was actually the amount of hours worked was staying about the same for quite a long time, but the pro the productivity continued going up. Okay. Meaning mm -hmm. that we were more efficient. That's what you want to have. And that could actually equal a lot of goods. Uh, becoming cheaper, you know, not having to put more hours into them, stuff like that, having same, more goods so and services, more supply. It's the same thing as saying the same amount of labor steadily increased its production, mm -hmm. steadily increased uh, goods and services. Yeah. And what with we the have same output. What we have right now is the amount of hours worked has gone up, but the output has gone down and those hours have actually gotten a lot more expensive over that time. And what we've said... Transitorily. Yes, transitorily. Yeah, <laughs> it's implied in the conversation. What we've said a bunch of times about this whole whole thing is that this is different. You know, the Fed just announced that they're going to raise it uh, 50 basis points, half a percent, and then they're going to do a couple more after that. And typically what the Fed is supposed to do is when the economy is kind of overheating, they want to slow down the demand. Uh, then they come in, they make it more expensive to borrow money, and people getting cars, getting houses taking out loans for whatever it is, businesses taking out loans, whatever it is, it gets a little bit more expensive for them to do that. They slow down the demand. Uh, hopefully the supply all stays the same, but the demand goes down and that can, that can help with whatever the inflation rate is. What we have right now is we had a major restriction on supply and also they stimulated the demand a bunch at the same time by giving out a bunch of money. And so it this headed is headed towards an implosion. We're actually in a in a situation that I don't remember the Fed. I definitely don't remember the Fed doing. Also, I haven't read about the Fed having to alleviate before, 
which is normally it's overheating. You got to raise the rate, slow down the demand. Our main issues stem from our productive capacity, our supply chain problems that we have. That's where the major issue is. They should be able to keep up with all this, but they but they can't. And so raising the rates, yeah, that might slow down the demand a little bit, but you got to be careful in slowing down the demand when your economy's not kicking at high speeds and full gear, looking real healthy, looking all good. When you're slowing down the demand at a time where you're actually not in a good position, that could end up causing uh, a recession or, or something worse when that, when that happens. So what we're looking at right now, the reason the market's down so much today is actually it's getting more expensive to produce less things. And what we know is that inflation needs to start going down for them to decide they're not going to raise the rates anymore. And instead, what we're seeing is an early indication that inflation is less transitory than what we thought it was going to be. Oh, who yeah. would have thought that? Yeah. That's that. crazy. I'm surprised. The crazy conspiracy theorist libertarians. I'm, I'm personally, I'm shocked about it. Mm. But um, no one saw it coming. No, no. You could have never predicted this. Mm -mm. It wasn't possible to predict. I keep I saw that yesterday. No one could have predicted this coming. Like, oh, you know, except people who know basic economics and aren't political partisans where they just want to support whatever their ideology is. Right. You know, it just takes a little bit of basic. Mm -hmm. Literally, I mean a little bit of basic, like the book, basic economics. You just need a little bit of it to know that this was going to happen. Sprinkle a little on there. Yeah. Read, listen to it for like 15 hours instead of 33, mm -hmm. you know, you'll, you'll know about some of this stuff. All right. Uh, someone who's not suffering in this economy though, <laughs> <laughs> just so you, just so you all are aware. People is, who uh, sell things that you're forced to buy. <laughs> forced, forced buying of products. It's not my body, my choice when it comes to the vaccine. Okay, folks, this is a matter of public health. Pfizer is accused of COVID profiteering. Which is a new term for price gouging, I think. Yep. During a time of need. As first quarter sales hit $26 billion. It's a lot of quiche. Is that up 87% or something like that from last year's quarter? I don't remember. This from The Guardian. Pfizer has made nearly $26 billion in revenues in the first three months of the year. The bulk from its COVID-19 vaccine and a new pill to treat the virus prompting fresh fresh accusations of pandemic profiteering putin's pandemic profiteering mm -hmm. the ppp putin's pfizer mm -hmm. pfizer has faced criticism over its vaccine pricing and its refusal to waive patient protection patent protection sorry patent protection to enable others to make the jab last week 35 campaigners no oh, is anybody surprised by that either uh the uh the patent protections yeah no Last week, 35 campaigners from Global Justice Now, Act Up London, Just Treatment and Stop AIDS, protested against what they call pandemic profiteering. Because when you pandemic profiteer, you end up with AIDS. So that's why Stop AIDS is very, they're very mm -hmm. involved in this. I'm glad they're this stepping in. This is like in. the first step to AIDS. This is how you get the AIDS. Yeah. yeah. And they delivered wheelbarrows. Profits are the AIDS of the economy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They delivered wheelbarrows full of fake money to Pfizer's UK headquarters in Surrey on the day of the company's annual shareholder meeting. So I, I put a note in here saying it. Now put yourself in the position of someone who's on the left. Now, listen, we're okay. Well, you know, we haven't talked about vaccines in a while. It's been a long time since we said any of this stuff. 
Can I make a disclaimer? We're not anti-vaccine, okay? Mm-mm. Although I've refused to get it. I'm not against vaccines, okay? But imagine being on the left and thinking for sure that these vaccines have saved millions to hundreds of millions of lives around the world. Which we would spend any amount of money necessary because you can't for pl- that. You can't place a value on a human life. Mm-mm. You could spend whatever you want. If you, a so, born human life, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> can't place a value on if you someone had a, that's alive. If you had 100 million people, how much would people on the left say that we should pay to save those people's lives, assuming that they're not resisting giving away their private property? You know, we're not talking about Marxism here or anything like that, you know, because then they wouldn't want to pay anything to save those people's lives. But uh, but anyway, how much would they want to pay? We've got 100 million people. What would you pay? And so when you talk about Pfizer, you're like, oh, yeah, I, all, I think that so many people have been saved by the vaccines. They shouldn't make any money from it. No, no. This company that created this life-saving medication that saved millions of people should not profit from this thing. There should be no value given to them. Not only that, you've been advocating that we should force everyone to take it against <laughs> the their other will. Side, yeah. So Tim uh, Tim Byerly, a pharma campaigner at Global Justice Now, Global Justice Now, <laughs> said, "Quote: Throughout the pandemic, Pfizer has refused to share its technology and know-how. Instead, it has maintained monopoly control over its vaccine and treatment, keeping a chokehold." On global supply. Now, by monopoly, they mean that they're the only company offering a vaccine, right? It's the only one? I think that's, yeah, okay. it has to be. Oh, let's say they're at least the only one with an mRNA vaccine. They have to be. I'm just saying, if you're going to use the word monopoly. Yeah, I don't think there's any other vaccine at all. No. Not even, yeah. There's not any out there? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know. It's <sighs> The Moderna one was fake, obviously. Uh, oh, so. yeah, fake news. Mm-hmm. For sure. The Johnson & Johnson, that's a family company. They wouldn't do <laughs> vaccines. So, they wouldn't do that. Uh, uh, no, well, put, first of all, it's not a monopoly, like you say. Two, the only way that their information is protected is by government. That's by true. <clears throat> Although I'm not against patents like a lot of libertarians, but remove government and it'd be a lot more difficult to protect those secrets. What say. I don't like is the boogeyman of their patent protection on their specific vaccine. Because since the pandemic started, we've had over 200 vaccine candidates that have been submitted. All right. And so far, worldwide, we've got about nine of them that you can choose from. Okay. So who's exercising their control over the market? Is it, is it Pfizer? Now, maybe Pfizer paid the people that are approving the vaccines. I would not. Put or it. the people approving vaccines <clears throat> might have stock portfolios. Those, I, I think they exist. I don't know. It's not the craziest idea I've ever mm-hmm. heard. It definitely isn't. Quote, despite calls from campaigners to allow countries in the global south to manufacture their own vaccines and treatments, Pfizer continues to put profit over people's health. Mm. This is why capitalism is, is ruined. It's yeah. the worst system. That's why we started with Marx. Yeah. At a time when millions still don't have access to vaccines or treatments for COVID-19, this continued pandemic profiteering is harrowing. Other companies led by AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson went down the not-for-profit route and priced their COVID vaccines at cost during the pandemic. Now, Nate, tell me what at cost means. At cost means 
that there's absolutely no profits over the cost of the, that it took you to produce this there thing. There couldn't be. It says at cost. The rare, the raw, bare minerals that go into this and just the standard basic living wage for everyone working at the company. And that is the cost right there. Well, they probably volunteered out of the goodness of their own. Of course. COVID protected hearts. Yeah, because they don't want to profiteer either. You can't, you don't want to take money for helping to save people's yeah. lives. That would be profiteering on the part of all the researchers. You could factor in uh, a little margin there when still call it at cost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I provide all my services at cost. Definitely. It's, you know, it's at cost. I, um, when we, th you know, that this could be a good time to play this, uh, to play this video, but I got a couple videos actually from the NASA administrator when he was talking about cost plus pricing that they've, uh, they've been using and how it's been destroying their ability to do anything basically. But at cost, obviously we've been facetious here quite a bit. It doesn't determine what the costs you're going to determine, uh, you know, okay. Uh, what is it, the Red Cross or the Salvation Army, something like that? Well, they're at cost, so they're a CEO, you know, they just pay the CEO like six, seven hundred grand a year or something. Like that. That's a cost, you know? Mm. They're not making any profits or anything like that. Mm. Uh, when I buy things, I guess I just won't worry about really what it what it costs. That's all just going to go into the price, and I'll charge it whatever my cost was that I'm going to charge the people. There's no incentive to keep things cheaper when you do that. Having profit, the ability to keep money afterwards and invest it or pay yourself whatever afterwards leads you to try to cut costs where you can or seek the most efficient use of all of the resources. Make sure that you're not paying too much for everything. And then that, you know, we can use the old Ford, the old Henry Ford example, something like that. You know, it's that profit that can actually end up making things cheaper, making things more efficient and churning out a better product afterwards. At cost means nothing. That's what I'm trying to say. And plus, I don't even think nonprofit's good enough. What about all these benevolent companies out there that are at their negative profit? Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys are the ones who are like Amazon for 19 years was negative profit. Mm -hmm. ne they weren't making any money. They were doing things at they under cost. Yeah. They were so negative. Airbnb right now, they've lost billions every quarter. I think. The I think they just started making money. Pretty sure. No, nope. first that on quarter, CNBC. first quarter of 2022, they lost four and a half billion dollars. Oh, I thought I just heard something saying that they maybe they they're on track to be money. profitable. Yeah. second quarter, but literally the first quarter of 2022, they lost four and a half. Billion. Lyft just got destroyed because they were on track to be profitable someday in the future, and now they're not anymore. So mm. <laughs> they just dropped like 30 percent yesterday. So let me finish this real quick here, which is uh, towards the end of last year, the evil AstraZeneca moved away from its not-for-profit pricing and new contracts, but insists that it is still offering, quote, equitable pricing. Equitable. How benevolent of them. Mm. I just, I love it. Now, what's the difference between equitable pricing and what Pfizer offers, by the way, Charles, which is in the next paragraph? They should just say that. Yeah. Pfizer said it also offered tiered pricing. Oh, that doesn't say equitable, though. It says tiered. With the wealthier nations paying in the range of about the cost of a takeaway meal, while the upper, upper middle income countries were offered doses at roughly half the price, and the low and lower middle income countries were offered doses at a not-for-profit price. Now, that's not equitable pricing. Mm -mm. <laughs> just, I just no. wanted to double check and make sure. It's not. Okay. We have to give it all away for free. I mean, this is the humanities on the line. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we're talking about be, people's lives here. It should all be given away for free. Now, why this is it that so they made ridiculous. they were able to make so much money, Charles? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but isn't it kind of weird? I mean, why would that happen? It's almost—it's not like you were forced to get their stuff. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Literally forced to get it, and it was free. It's free to you. It didn't so cost. How, how did they make money? <laughs> I forgot vaccines, about that. The vaccines were free. They I just thought about this. The vaccines were free for everyone. <laughs> how in the world did they make money? That is weird. And that couldn't have anything to do with our inflation that's going on, the recession we're going into. No, no, no. All of this stuff we've been talking about is Putin. Oh, yeah, this is Putin's problem. Putin's fault. Okay, so there's a couple things in here. The So I had a couple things from the NASA administrator, and he was talking about the at cost or cost plus pricing. So I thought this was cool. And, of course, we always like to mention uh, NASA and SpaceX and stuff like that. But this is the administrator for NASA that was talking the other day. And I have two clips here from him that could have gone in the White Pill Wednesday segment, but we didn't do an episode. Yesterday. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, this was the only white pill that I found. So let's see what he had to say real quick. Hey, let's see what he had to say, Charlie. I told you to make sure that your computer was set up for this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Always Charlie messing stuff up, you know. I believe that uh, that is the plan that can bring us all the value of competition. You get it done with that competitive spirit, you get it done cheaper, and that allows us to move away from what has been a plague on us in the past, which is a cost plus contract and move to a, a, uh, an existing uh, contractual price. Okay, so that's one thing. That was actually going to be the second clip. But let's hear what he said about how much money SpaceX has saved just the military. Just the just the military. All right? So it's pretty cool by doing this uh, partnership they've, they've had going on. I may. Dr. Ponch has just described the p- emphasis on public-private partnership, the ethos that's very similar to what we are doing. It's a new day. Government can't do it all. Um uh, you all give us uh, an X amount of money, and we've got to make that money happen the way that we're trying to achieve. And we can leverage that money by working with the commercial industry and through competition, bring those costs down to NASA. Give you one more example. The development of SpaceX and their very successful rocket the Falcon 9 and the Falcon 9 Heavy. General Hyten, the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs, told me last year before he retired, he said the fact that we have competition now on going to space just for the military has saved them $40 billion in launch costs. So it's just another example of the public-private partnership. Okay. $40 billion. Just for the military. Just for the military, uh, as of mm. last year, by the way. So why, why are we mentioning this? Isn't uh, that something? You know, I do have some other good news to throw in. I, I know some people that work in the healthcare industry, you know, for some, for some companies. And they have been getting these, uh, basically these contracts 
for uh, some some new medications, some new procedures, stuff like that. And instead of setting the price with, and then only doing that, what they basically said is we'll pay you this amount. And if you do it for less than that, whatever, you can keep whatever is, whatever is left over, you know? And, and so the person I was talking to was saying, we've actually been able to lower the cost on everything because now we have an incentive to lower the cost on everything because we can keep whatever is left over afterwards. And that's kind of the same thing he's talking about with NASA right there. Listen, when you pay, you know, now we weren't talking about cost plus with AstraZeneca and all that, but when you do something at cost, the, the profits baked into whatever the cost is, it's, it's, it's still there. The profit's still there. They just increase the price of all the stuff that's inside of the cost. That's all they got to do. We saw this in the, in the insurance industry and, and with, after Obamacare, uh, stuff with cost plus happen. When you well, do and co- the reason why is because the the plus. So let's say it's ten percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if your cost is a million dollars, then your plus is a hundred thousand dollars. Well, why don't you make your cost ten million, and then your plus is a million? It's all about incentives. Just, exactly. What is your incentive to lower the cost when you do cost plus? The oh. actual cost. You have no incentive. Actually, you have the opposite incentive. And this is what we have in the uh, the military industrial complex with them they do cost plus on everything that's why we can't seem to get military costs down uh, we do cost plus and there's no incentive to ever make it cheaper the incentive is to make it for as much as you possibly can because you're going to get plus 10 percent on top of it don't you want 10 percent of a way bigger number now why did spacex have that incentive to make things cheaper uh, because they're just getting these well, first off, they want other people that aren't in the government to be able to pay them and use them to go up to space. And then also they're just getting these. Well, no. What's the fundamental reason? Well, they want to make money. Well, but also they don't have an unlimited budget where they can just oh, no. steal from people. No, no. Right? They have a, a fixed amount or they go under. Yeah. It's no longer a viable company. You can no longer operate. I mean, Musk has said many times Tesla almost went bankrupt. Like several times. So, and if a company goes bankrupt, if it's no longer solvent, well, then your mission to Mars is kaput to be anyway. It's kaputs. So you you have you have that incentive because you have to remain a viable company to continue on a mission. Whereas some uh, a place like NASA, as we've detailed in their moon mission, that is, uh, I think, gone up like a hundred x or something. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Yeah, I think it's going to end up just getting scrapped. So, or SpaceX will do it, yeah. one or the other. Um, so, but the important is they want to send a man and a woman. Not that we know <laughs> what those are, but they want to send a man and a woman to the moon. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to play something that Biden said uh, yesterday, I think. Now, we're not going to play the whole video because a couple parts of this video are for are going to have to be reserved for Dumbleep of the week. We're just going to have to save it for then. But he had a little bit to say about natural rights, and he was talking about Roe v. Wade. And people's right to have an abortion, and I just thought what he said was was rather was rather interesting. I didn't really know we felt this way about all this. Look, as I said when I uh, um, I missed that first part. Rewind. Hang on. I was going to do it, and I was like, uh, yeah. The very the very first part was very important. What was the second one? Oh, look. As I said, when I uh, um, when this hit, as I was getting on the plane to go down to Alabama, um, 
This is about a lot more than abortion. I, haven't, I hadn't read the whole opinion at that time. But this reminds me of the debate with Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you. If you go back and look at the opening comments with Bork Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God. I exist. I delegated by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. So the idea that somehow there is an inherent right, that there is no right of privacy, that there is no right. Remember the debate we had, you don't remember, but we had a debate <laughs> about uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. <laughs> you remember the law saying a married couple could not purchase birth control in the privacy of their own bedroom and use it. Well, that got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that? Okay, we'll save the rest of it for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It gets uh, way dumber. But you know, I have to say in this. I agree with everything he said. I agree with Biden. That you have inherent natural rights, Mm -hmm. either from God or just because you're human. Yeah. Just because you exist. I, I didn't now, realize that we agreed on this with him. And see, what they're saying is, is like your right to privacy trumps the right to life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that's where the actual debate lies. I, I get so tired just to go on a little bit of abortion rant here. I get <laughs> really extremely tired of all the straw mans. It's like, well, what about, you know, kids that are living right now? And what about this? And what about that? What like, about that, poverty? That's not the actual debate. Like poverty is... is a, a problem that has existed for all of human history. Okay. The actual debate is whether or not a fetus is a human being that was created by God according rights. to our president that has the same rights as the mother does. And one of those rights is the right to not be unalived against their will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's one of the rights that a human being is afforded just by existing. Not that the government grants it. Okay. He goes on to contradict himself afterwards, though, because he says that now I delegated some of my rights, you know, uh, for uh, for good for good society, for social good, for social good. You know, what if one of those is abortion? Who decided that you were going to delegate some of those rights away from you? That some Mm -hmm. of those are going to be taken? He's just arbitrarily deciding one of them. Okay, and and so. He does contradict himself a little bit that he has rights because he was born, but then he says, well, but then I delegated something for society good. And maybe that is the case with some of them, but where do you draw the line on what rights and who gets to delegate well, your rights away? Well, choice that he made. It is, yeah. Right. So, um, Just like when you sign up for the military. For I'm going to play this man. video that you sent over earlier from TikTok before we go because it was hilarious and we skipped White Pill Wednesday. And we need to end on a good note. And I this think is, we'll end on something funny. This All is right. fantastic. So this is a really funny video. Let's play that. Let's this give a shout out to the guy. Liberal white women. Who was it? Uh, I'm trying to read his name Beowulf, there. I think. Uh, it's Mr. Something. We'll see it. All right. This is a message for liberal white women. Look, nobody's coming for your abortions, okay? What we really want is common sense abortion control. 
That means mandatory background checks with mental health assessments, along with entering a national registry for abortions and paying a $200 tax stamp that could take up to one year on a wait list to receive. We would seek to outlaw assault abortions occurring after the first trimester, along with high-capacity abortions, including twins and triplets. (laughs) And ultimately, we would like to limit the number of abortions any person can have, because nobody needs more than one abortion. (laughs) Pretty good. That's at Maverick underscore sleeper. Maverick underscore sleeper. I just thought that was fantastic. The only thing he missed there was uh, ghost fathers. Well, I think ghost abortions are a problem. Or ghost, yeah, those two. Yeah. So we have to crack down. Hopefully, the administration will do something about that. I hope so. With a pen and a phone. That's all they got to do. So I will. Uh, I'll post a link in the group, and I will put a link to that in the show notes today. Let me make sure I put a note in the notes to do that. TikTok link. Let's make sure that goes in there. Because when you email a TikTok video to yourself. So I could open it on the computer and do this. It sends it as the video file, not as the link on mm. TikTok. So I don't, I don't just have ready access to the link right now. Needs a needs a TikTok a link. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't, I don't want to just do the uh, the file or anything right now. Anyway, that's the. I think that's. The I mean that show following the same logic. So surely they can comprehend that. No, we're not actually we're not coming for your abortions. Okay, Mm-mm. that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah, this whole overturning of Roe v. Wade, it's, we just want common sense abortion control. Oh, we want to first start by going after the ghost abortions, and that's mm. going to be a big problem. Well, you know, the, the ghost abortions are really going to pop up once you actually start going for people's abortions. You'll mm. start having the ghost abortions, which, by the way, is a real thing that's, uh, that's going to happen for sure. Get the ghost abortion kits. Yeah, and so eventually we'll have to go after those. They don't have serial numbers on them. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, if y'all enjoyed today's episode, then like Nate said, please smash that subscribe button or plus button and uh, follow us everywhere. We're literally just about any like social media platform you can name from YouTube to Facebook, Twitter, Truth Social. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I, I think there's actually, a I parlor. Think, I don't think we're on LinkedIn. There's a rumble. We there's, keep getting new followers on Truth, by the way. We haven't done anything on yeah, there. There's so many places that you can go follow us. I encourage you to do that. Also, if you want to be part of the in, uh, in crowd and be part of Nate Fest, which is going to be our live meetup sometime this summer. It's in the works Possibly. right now. We're I, be, I don't think it's going to happen. We're planning it right now. It's yep. happening. So to, do, to, to be part of that, to come hang out with us, then you're going to have to join the live group. It's joingml.com. It's really simple. Join GML. Dot com. It's simple to go sign up and be our friend. And so if you do all of those things, share the show. We'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the mother trucking week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh.